Welcome to the Relatable Finance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joseph Carl and Shane Phillips. Welcome to today's episode of Relatable Finance. This is Shane Phillips, financial planner with Provenance Wealth Advisors. Today I have another amazing guest, Nikki Mangan of the Miami Downtown Development Authority, also referred to as the Miami DBA. Having lived in Miami for about eight years now, I've seen many things change over that time. From new buildings to new people, lots of new restaurants, and a large shopping center in the middle of Brickell. But I've seen things change even more so in the last year due to COVID. One major shift has been the movement of new companies to Miami, and that is where Nikki can provide us with a ton of useful information about the changing local economy. It is hard to miss headlines about new companies moving to Miami or to see it in real life as you walk down the street. Nikki's agency has played a vital role in new companies coming to Miami, which we'll discuss, and they will continue to play a big part in the expansion of the area as they have a pipeline of over 80 companies with an estimated nearly 7,000 potential new jobs. And as you will see, this isn't all of Miami or South Florida, but rather a smaller area in the areas which I live in Brickell, as well as where the Provenance office is in downtown Miami. And now we have Nikki. Nikki, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Shane. So thank you for being a guest. Looking forward to this. Our, our talks prior to this has taught me so much, uh, and I think we want to share that with everyone else. So maybe first off, just give us a little bit more information about where you work, uh, the Miami DDA, and, and the purpose, what you do specifically, just the general idea of the Miami DDA. Yeah, absolutely. So the Miami DDA is an independent agency of the city of Miami. And we're funded by a special tax levy on properties within the district boundaries. So both uh, commercial and residential properties within downtown Miami. And we're governed by a 15 member board of directors, including three public appointees and 12 downtown property owners, business owners, and residents. And our mission is to grow, strengthen, and promote the economic health and vitality of downtown Miami. So that's a roundabout way of saying we're the economic development agency for the city. of Miami. Excellent. And, and so when, when you say that the city of Miami, you got downtown in the name, is there, uh, I guess, a geographic focus from this street to this street, this neighborhood, this neighborhood? Yes, yes, there is. We're essentially Brickell, the central business district, and the arts and entertainment district, which goes just shy of Edgewater. So we okay. do have you know, specific district boundaries. And this was put together in the 60s. And the main purpose of the agency really was to revitalize downtown Miami, because at the time, there was a similar thing happening, like a renaissance happening in downtown, where a lot of businesses were leaving, and the tax dollars were intended to revitalize the area. Sure. So part, part of that is actually updating the streetscapes, keeping the streets clean, promoting businesses to move to downtown. And that's essentially my role. So we focus on the recruitment of new to market businesses, but we are a multifaceted agency. I mean, the, the first time I found out that we had an agency like this in Miami, I thought it was incredible. Um, I've been living here eight years now and a lot has changed from yeah. uh, that time period. Um, but let's maybe talk more specifically, call it the post-COVID world or during COVID, because we've I've seen lots and lots of changes. I know you've been very, very busy over the last year and a half or so. 
because lots of people either want to come here or you are giving them a lot of good reasons to come here <laughs> from a business perspective. So just kind of maybe top down since, you know, COVID has changed a lot of things. What, what has your agency done? What have you done? Trends yeah. you've seen, just, just any information uh, about the economic shift over that time. Absolutely. So we've always been focused on the business development side, on business recruitment, particularly in tech and finance. Those are the two main verticals that have the most high wage jobs. And we are focused on bringing high wage, high growth companies to downtown. So essentially at the beginning of the pandemic, we really had to pivot. We went through uh, an exercise of data scraping all of the crunch base they they have lists of like the top fintech companies the top unicorns so essentially we did it by by hand myself and two other team members just went down these lists and found the ceo's emails and did cold emails to all of these ceos and initially we didn't have like a huge response. I mean, we had a lot of bounce backs at the same time. We started taking meetings with these companies in New York, San Francisco. We did Boston, Connecticut. Those were some of our other target markets. And um, what, what time frame are we talking here? We're talking about, let's see, last November. Okay. Yeah. So this was not during the height of the lockdown. This was mm-hmm. after. So after, after as people were exploring more understanding, like we were talking exactly. earlier, we, we saw people move down to Miami in, in droves, but mm-hmm. it, it was kind of like a quiet period for yes. last summer. So kind of coming off of that is when you guys started to, to, to really start reaching out. Exactly. And we did comparison charts for each of these markets. So we showed you know, the average temperature in January, which was very timely because it was <laughs> like leading up to... Sure. To winter time, we did the average rent for a one bedroom, one bath um, in downtown versus, you know, San Francisco. It was very drastic. At the time, it, it definitely showed a stark cost savings for, for the businesses. At the same time, we did this in tandem with rolling out an incentive program. So the idea of the incentive program is essentially companies can qualify as long as they bring 10 full-time employees to a downtown Miami office. They can qualify for up to $50,000 a year over the span of three years. So a total of $150,000. And it's not a ton of money, but it was more of an olive branch to say, hey, come to Miami, sign a lease. It can even be a co-working space. But as long as you hire people locally, I mean, that was really the, the end goal of our program to retain talent here, as well as incentivize people to hire locally versus, you know, the, re- the remote world that we live in right now, everyone is working all, all over. Uh, we, we, we discussed that briefly before our call, we can essentially work anywhere, but it's also, you know, capitalizing on the fact that, yeah, people in New York and, and San Francisco, they can work in Miami mm-hmm. now. There is no limitation. A lot of the a lot of the founders that I've been talking to have said have told me they've shared that they had such an insular mentality. Like we can only hire within this seven mile range of um, Silicon Valley and Palo Alto because that's where the talent is. But in reality, Miami has diverse talent. We have a great pool of universities. I believe it's over. 
250,000 students within the tri-county area between Miami and, um, and Palm Beach. So we have a huge pool of diverse talent versus other markets that, yes, they have the talent, but you're just, you know, they're cherry picking from the same universities and the same pool of talent. So I think that that was one of the key takeaways that a lot of these companies realized. We can hire people and it's relatively affordable compared to where they were hiring. And and it's funny that you say kind of the local talent, because I remember when I first figured out about what you were doing, I remember that being a big thing is that Miami is a big city. We have well-educated people. How do we kind of keep them here? Exactly. And I think what, what a lot of this transition has done or sounded like is kind of opening the eyes of these other big tech hubs, financial hubs to say, you know, Miami is a great place for a lot of reasons. And we have workers here that can, can fill the roles that you need. We, we have yes. talented, talented individuals. It's shifting the narrative too, because I know, you know, when I went to University of Miami 10 years ago, a lot of people just still have the idea of suntan U, you know, it's like sure. a vacation yeah. more so than a real academic university. And that's really, that's really shifted. I think that to the university's credit, they've really been upskilling and keeping their curriculum very timely. And I do want to mention SoftBank recently partnered with FIU, Miami-Dade College, and UM to design a full semester program specifically for tech operators. So they're basically trying to build the next generation of the tech community, and they're having a masterclass series. So they're having the founders of SoftBank's programs actually teach the, the students so I think that that's really neat and also just speaks to the fact that all of these universities are collaborating versus trying to fight with one another amongst themselves. So I think that that's the kind of mentality that's going to bring Miami to the next level. Yeah, and, and it, it makes sense. It was the more and more I found out about Miami as I lived here, the more and more I realized how large and vast and resourceful and we, we have companies here. It's not suntan you it's not just miami beach so i think more of that's just being realized so let's transition back a little bit so you said mostly tech and finance and a lot of that has to do with the the types of jobs you're you're trying to bring here yeah so essentially since the program's inception uh we had it roll out in january of 2021 and we've had 16 companies go through the program. More, more have applied and have been denied. Just speaking to the fact that we're being very conscientious of spending taxpayer dollars on bringing these companies here. So through the recruitment effort, over it's 1,427 jobs will be coming here to downtown. The average salary is $147,000. So that is huge for Miami, especially because... Yeah, let me let me comment on both of those. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when when you say sixteen companies and we think about Miami, like my initial reaction was like, oh, like sixteen companies. That's a lot, but it's not like a crazy amount. But back to the point of this is a, a small geographic region. Yes. Of Brickell downtown into the arts area, that is incredibly impressive. And then a number like one thousand four hundred twenty-seven new jobs. In that area, uh, again, Miami is very vast and it goes away, but that is not, it's a big area, but it's not 
huge, huge. No, so. it's only, so just to, to speak to that point, it's only three square miles. It's okay. very small right. geographically, but we really are the economic engine for the Miami-Dade County. Uh, so my, the Miami-Dade County's average salary is only 60, I, I believe it's $63,000 average yearly salary, so much a, lower. A, a lot of jobs, high quality jobs, jobs that yes. are, call it keeping homegrown talent here. I mean, uh, amazing. I, I think that that numbers baffles me. It, it, I know. And so the economic impact, we did a, a study, it's $2.1 billion in salaries over the next 10 years. In one decade, it's $2.1 billion. And the idea is that we're going to work with these companies collaboratively to connect them to the local universities, to connect them to the local talent, to essentially work in conduit with them to say, hey, we are here as a partner and we, we want you to stay and thrive in Miami. And the really neat part about it is some of these companies don't even want to you know, go through all of the paperwork and, and jump over these hurdles to get the economic incentive dollars. So some of these companies are, are just moving here and saying, hey, you know, thanks, but no thanks. We'll still, we'll still collaborate with you, but we're not interested in $150,000 because that's peanuts to, you know, some larger companies. Um, but some notable companies I'll just quickly mention because I do think it's, it's noteworthy. So Blackstone went through the program, received the full $150,000. We also have Tama Bravo. He's big venture capital firm. We have 0.72. That's a major hedge fund from New York. I believe the, is it Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets owns the hedge fund. We have Boston Private. That's now Silicon Valley Bank. And then we have some homegrown companies too. So Axe Lab, they are a VR gaming company. It's actually a very cool story. This guy is totally homegrown and was wearing one of Mayor Suarez's How Can I Help shirt. And someone saw him getting coffee and said, hey, are you part of the Miami tech scene? Learned a little bit about him and wrote him a check on the spot. So that's just kind of the environment that we're, we're going towards. And I mean, that's the future of Miami. There's going to be tech and VC funds and a lot of founders. And it's just like a very exciting, inviting time to be in Miami. And then I think, I mean, the, the idea of our show, Relatable Finance, maybe people are questioning why are we talking about everything we, we are, but it, it has to do with the local economy. And I think kind of like what you just said, if we have more here, people are more willing to stay here. So instead of having a tech startup idea and saying, all right, well, I have to move to Silicon Valley if I'm really going to do this, or I want to be in finance, I need to go to New York. The more and more resources that are here gives the local area all the more opportunity to, to stay at home, to, to have the headquarters here, not to leave the local area. And that will, that will help hopefully all of us. It will. Yes. I mean, that's like the mentality that we've had from the beginning, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. We're all in this together. And um, at the end of the day, a lot of people come to me complaining about higher rents and, and all the rest, but it is a network effect and it is going to benefit all of Miami and put us on the map. Yeah. Living in the area you're looking to, to help and, and working in that area. I mean, we have seen, and I know you've seen, the the influx of people um that means you know it does mean higher rents it means more traffic but 
of course there's going to be higher rents, more traffic when we are, are more attractive. So yes. I think it goes hand in hand with, with growing the scene, growing, growing a lot of things. Every day I see a new high rise going up or the potential of a new high rise, a new shopping area. There is more and more resources coming to help the people that do live here. Yes. And thanks for mentioning that, Shane, because I think that that really is a testament to Miami as a city. We have outside of New York, the the largest amount of well, density in terms of our zoning. So we can actually build upwards and a lot of downtown, specifically the central business district, which is the more historic area of downtown, has, you know, three, four story buildings that can be rezoned to go up to 80 stories. So currently we have 22 million square feet of office space. And yes, there's a lot of demand right now, but I do think that you can still find a relatively affordable office space compared to other markets in downtown, um, especially now. And I, I would say the average, you know, for class A is, is going up. It's going to be competitive to other markets, but it's still $50 a square foot versus like $80 in, in Manhattan. Yeah. And, and I think if we're comparing ourselves to New York and San Francisco, you, you can't expect us to have, you know, dirt cheap prices or for exactly. real. I mean, we're still... Miami, it's still a, a real, a real major city. So yeah, things will, there'll be cost benefits to, to everything. I think that's right. There will. And listen, I think that anyone that, you know, is complaining right now, I think a few years from now will say, oh, wait a second. Now I see the network effect of bringing all of these high caliber companies to Miami because now there's opportunity and people are going to continue to upskill. I think that that's one of the benefits of our local government. They're really bullish on upskilling talent. So it's going to be all the way K through 12 education is going to start uh, teaching coding up to local universities that are also going to offer relatively affordable courses for, for people to upskill. So I think that it's going to benefit everyone in the long run. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's been an interesting time. I mean, COVID aside, just seeing the transition of Miami, of this area specifically where we, we both work and live, I think it's exciting. There's always going to be people that don't like it as much. <laughs> I know you're excited about it. I think it's, it's, it's very cool. So Yeah, and it's, listen, I think what's really, what's really great is the fact that, you know, our program was so successful that it started off with only a $250,000 budget. And there was such a demand to work with us that it's now been upped to $750,000. So that just speaks to the fact that, you know, it's not a ton of money, but it's more so that people are craving, you know, the connection to their local communities after COVID and after the lockdown, people felt very isolated and a lot of these founders felt pushed out because certain cities are very high tax and they just didn't feel welcome in their own home anymore. So now they're seeing Miami as an inviting collaborative city that's forward thinking. And I think that that's really the kind of community that we're trying to cultivate at the at the DDA and, you know, citywide. It's going to have a trickle down effect. Yeah. And then I think forward thinking is 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 a perfect phrase for it and, and you see it you see it all around the the Miami Heat Arena is now named after after a crypto firm um, yes. we had the Bitcoin conference here so 
that's just one specific area, but it, it's a lot, it's very forward looking. Again, I think that's a great way of. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, the Bitcoin conference was, wow. It was just remarkable. I, I was you know, at a, a luncheon with the founder of Ethereum, Vitalik, and some of his competitors, um, Cardano, and like all of these big cryptocurrency people. And, and they all are have the same mentality that Miami Miami is going to be the capital of capital yeah. and crypto, which is very cool. And I think that, you know, for all of the naysayers, it's happening, whether we're behind it or not. Yes, so. it's, it, it's something, whether it's it's the greatest thing in history or the worst thing in history, the actual, actual yeah. currencies or whatever it is, it's still a, a place that needs a, a home. And uh, I think, yeah, I think it's very cool that, you know, potentially is Miami or could be Miami moving forward. Yeah, and they do. They love Miami because it is very open and receptive to the future of, of crypto, but also because of the quality of life. I think that that was one takeaway. Like Vitalik, who is notoriously known for being very robotic, he was like, I love the parks here and I love that everything's on the water, which just speaks to the fact that we do live where a lot of people vacation and um, we take it for granted, but it's it's a built-in amenity that we should all be very thankful for because a lot of people don't have that. Yeah, I, I know when I, again, going back to when I first found out what you were doing at the DDA, I'm like, well, that's the easiest job in the world. You just <laughs> uh, a weather map side by side with New York or anywhere else in the country and they should move here. But yeah. you're layer on taxes, you layer on some of these incentives, you layer on a growing community and tech and finance and it just it makes sense why so many firms and people are coming down here yeah it's, it's a really exciting time and I'm, I'm glad to be part of the movement I'm glad to be an ambassador of it but at the same time it's in the next five years I think going to completely change uh, Miami for the better and that's that's our goal. That's our end goal. And we are we are doing a lot of things to improve the quality of life. So Flagler Street is being completely redone. Moshi Mana is also going to be redoing a lot of his buildings, which if, if you know the area, it's really it's it's really sad to see it in its current state, but I see the potential of the next few years when it's going to be built up and that's going to be really the center for tech in downtown so it's an exciting time it it is and definitely will have you back on the podcast in like a year three years you know in the increments we can go back and say yeah remember in 2021 we said you know this will be good and then we can look back and say you know all this was was good for sure absolutely well thank you so much thanks again for having me and yeah if anyone has any questions they can reach out to me at the miami dda i'm at mangan at MiamiDDA.com. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Like I said, excellent information. Very, very interesting. And uh, I know I'll continue to follow the future developments. Yes, follow the sun. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Relatable Finance. Again, it was wonderful having Mickey as our guest today. If you have any questions for her, please feel free to reach out to her. Again, her email is Mangan, which is M-A-N-G-A-N at miamidda.com. And if you have any questions for me, please email me at podcast at probwealth.com and also check out our website, relatablefinancepodcast.com. Provenance Wealth Advisors is not a registered broker dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services, Inc. 
Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Provenance Wealth Advisors and Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Any opinions are those of Relatable Finance Podcast and PWA, and not necessarily those of Raymond James. The information contained in this report does not purport to be a complete description of the securities, markets, or developments referred to in this material. There is no assurance that any of the trends mentioned will continue or forecasts will occur. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but Raymond James does not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. Any information is not a complete summary or statement of all available data necessary for making an investment decision does not constitute a recommendation. Investment involves risk and you may incur a profit or loss regardless of strategy selected. Diversification and asset allocation do not ensure a profit or protect against a loss. Investing involves risk and investors may incur a profit or loss. Raymond James does not provide tax or legal services. Please discuss these matters with the appropriate professional. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Future investment performance cannot be guaranteed and investment yields will fluctuate with market conditions. Any examples given in the podcast are for illustration purposes only. Actual investor results will vary.